and welcome back to Middle Ground. It is officially our bonus episode of the month. I have not been on a bonus episode. It's kind (laughs) of like it's been a hot second, like multiple months, because I don't know that we did one at Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like in November, December. And then in January, Caroline did it by herself, but I don't remember why. And then this month we were supposed to record together and COVID? it's been n- no in January. No. Oh, um, I guess. I don't know. Ice storm. Oh, it was COVID. You're right. You're a hundred percent right. Huh. Caroline was quarantined. So she did the advice episode by herself. And then now there's been this ice storm and yep. we haven't gotten to record together. And so Caroline offered to drive through the ice to pick up the mics so that she could record this and i said no no ma'am do not endanger yourself i love you way too much for that matt and i are about to lay down some advice yeah so um if you were hoping for advice from caroline big apology just right right up from the top yeah um you're getting advice from me and if you're wondering why caroline sounds different it's because i'm not caroline i'm matt Matt. lamont yeah I've never said Matt Lamont in my life. Matthew Lamont on the <laughs> mic, baby. Yep. Uh, okay. I also sadly did not connect with Caroline about like getting the advice stuff that she, like she keeps all of it in a folder uh-huh. and I don't have access to that folder. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> so what are I, we doing? Well, I did some digging. Oh, okay. And I found a few. So. We got this. I have a really good email. Somebody sent a good email. Oh, okay. But I'm not even starting with that. I'm starting with this one. This was a DM. And I'm hoping to work towards better feelings and less stress surrounding money. I'm struggling with having a negative mindset towards money. And I was wondering what advice you may have. I think off the top, the most important thing that you have to consider when it comes to your relationship with money is getting rid of comparison, which is going to go for the advice that I give for most things that are negative in your life. Yeah. Just the idea that there's always somebody with more and there's always somebody with less. And there's always somebody prettier or skinnier or fitter or fatter or like whatever you want to be. There's somebody on the other side of that spectrum too. Right. There's always somebody on either side. And so I, I think that's the first thing that you can do if you're feeling negative surrounding money. Uh, the next, cause I, I think a lot of people's negative feelings with money come to not feeling like they have enough of it or feeling like they have to work too much to obtain the amount that they want. Sure. Yeah. Etc. Yes. No, that totally makes sense. And so I think first things first, don't compare because at the root of things, unless you are point blank asking somebody that you trust so much what their financial situation is, you don't know. And even if you're doing that, you still don't know because people. Yeah, people people can be weird about that stuff, and if unless yeah, there's very few people in your life that will be totally transparent about all their money situations and all their money decisions and things that they have done, or you know, it's it's just a very complicated subject, and a lot of people are very touchy about it, and understandably so. But um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's really about evaluating what you need and then kind of, kind of basing it all off of that. Like what in your life is important? What has value? What, what is the monetary value to that? And then trying to build kind of a system of your own, not, not comparing it across everything. Right. And I think once you stop comparing, it stops getting, having that negative connotation in your own life, you know? Sure. Because really it goes back to what Caroline and I have talked about in the past, which is just money is energy. It's, well, I, it's, I'm going to be honest. I'm not familiar with the concept. Matt doesn't like listen it. to the podcast. Nope. So I, we talk <laughs> a lot on the podcast. It makes me an interesting pinch guest. Do what? It makes me a very interesting pinch guest, you know, <laughs> in the wild card. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we talk about a lot on the podcast is how money is, quote unquote, energy. Okay. And what that means is it it's not any more valuable than that. It's just something that you make in order to live the life that you want. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's abundant. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, there's kind of a net. There's an ebb and a flow to it. Right. Sure. And so I think this is one of those cases, just having a more positive mindset of it is seeing money for exactly what it is. And that's just it. It's just a thing. Yeah. And it every- doesn't define you for sure. Right. I mean, it really, it shouldn't be a reflection of you as a person. Um, it's It's used to quantify work and that kind of stuff and. That's really all. It's it's just an exchange. So. Yeah. I think if you're really working on a better relationship with it, starting to save really helps too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're more equipped to probably talk on a negative relationship with money. Not that... I don't even think you've had that negative of a relationship. No. But you've gone through seasons, I think, in life where you're more geared to be like a spender or to... Yeah, 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 sure. There there used to be a phase in my life when I was right out of school. Um, well, I mean, in school, didn't have any money. I mean, I, I had a job and I made enough money to pay my rent. And I don't know, I'd spend a tiny bit of money on food and like... Fill your gas tank. Fill in my gas tank and I don't know, not much else. Um, then I got out of school and I, I mean, I graduated with an engineering degree, so I made... Um, really, really good starting money coming out of school. And then, uh, I would save like the bare minimum for like retirement that I felt like was really, um, what I should be doing. And then beyond that, I was like, well, great. All this, I I can spend like all the rest of this if I really want. I didn't always do it, but like, absolutely. I'd be like, Oh cool. The rest of this is dispendable. Dispen. That's not the right word. Disposable. Disposable. That's the word. Anyway, yeah. I kind of like dispendable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can dispend it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so there was definitely a time where saving was not a focus for me. So I would, you know, I'd be like, oh, cool, I have a lot of money. I can buy something bigger or I have a little bit of money. I shouldn't buy very much at all, but I would spend a lot of what I earned. So whenever you moved out of that season into a more savings geared mode did you find that you had a better relationship like did you feel more secure with money after that probably and again i i was really fortunate and that i didn't feel 
a lack of security in my, I made enough money to pay my bills and I was very comfortable in that aspect. So it was really that the money I had in excess was disposable, but it was a better, what it was is a better mindset around things. Um, I learned to value things less. I realized, oh, these things aren't making me happy. Why am I, why am I buying them? Why am I putting my energy into that? So, um, Hey, look at that. Money is energy. Um, <laughs> I feel but for real, yeah, it was, it was absolutely, I think a, a redefining my relationship with, uh, material goods. I feel like the older that I get, the less I'm valuing things in general. Yeah. And that's probably a, a blessing of the perspective that we have, uh, at a certain point when you have enough things, things really start to weigh you down. Um, and that's not something you can always get that perspective until you get there experience or you it. experience it. But, um, I really wish more people could, you know, I don't, something I've realized about myself is I really don't understand the designer world sure. thing. Yeah. I'm really out of the loop. Like I know for some people, they, it's an external presentation of worth. Right. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's not and, really related. Some of to it looks really cool. Right, right, right. But typically, it's a, a demonstration of value. Yeah. Demonstration of worth. And and no judgment. Like I have dear friends who, like, they save and they work and then they buy this bag I and they love, love it. it and brings yeah. them a lot of joy and I love that. Uh, the thing that I don't love and it has nothing to do with them and their experience as an individual. What I don't love is listening to people who think that once they have that item, that they'll be happy too. Yeah, that is, that is a pitfall. And again, that was something that I, I learned over time is that like, Oh, look, I'm buying a bunch of this stuff. Not, not necessarily high end designer goods. That wasn't my thing, but a lot of times it was like, you know, electronics. Like I had a bunch of headphones, like I liked headphones, but I was buying a bunch of headphones and I was like, what am I doing with all these? Um, just stuff like that just filled my filled you, my apartment with stuff. Do you think people with more money are really happier or do you think that they are just more secure? I definitely don't think they're happier. I think there's a level of, of income and that this is a well-demonstrated study. This is, this is kind of a well-known thing. I don't think we're breaking any ground here, but there is a, a level of income that you have everything you need and past that the money doesn't bring you happiness um yeah i think security is and i think that's what that baseline really is is it gives once you reach that point you have all the money you need to feel secure past that you are putting money into things again and things really just don't ever return that appreciation and that value and that energy i'm gonna keep using energy i'm I'm staring into it i really like that yeah you almost sound like a grounder yeah all right another email hi caroline and joe sorry that caroline's (laughs) not here i've loved following your content and podcasts and love your perspectives therefore i wanted to get y'all's thoughts i recently graduated graduate school for social work congratulations awesome and i'm awaiting my license to be official within the next few weeks However, I'm at a standstill on where to go next. I live in Houston, Texas right now and have my dad's side of the family here. 
My mom's family lives in Utah, which is not where I'm wanting to move to at the moment. My mom is here in Houston and may stay here for another year, but is considering moving back to Utah to be with her side of the family. My boyfriend, after talking about it together, decided to move back to Dallas, Texas, where he's from. So my options for work would either be Houston or Dallas. I could live in Houston with two other girls I know and love and do long distance with my boyfriend or move to Dallas and live on my own as my boyfriend and I are waiting until being engaged or married to move in together. We've been dating three years as well for context. I also have several good friends in both areas and my sister, who I'm extremely close to, is in Fayetteville, so I would be closer to her living in Dallas. I feel as though I'm wanting to move out of my hometown in Houston for more personal growth, but also nervous to do so and live on my own for the first time. I would, uh, I would have lots of job opportunities in either area. Thoughts on deciding where to go next? Appreciate you guys so much. Good question. Tough question. And honestly, this person sounds like they've really thought out their options. So I don't know that we can do all of their things. I think Dallas. Them, but yeah. You think Dallas? As, yeah. As I was reading, I was going to say no, Houston. Because I'm very anti go where your boyfriend is. Sure. Yeah. Um, usually I am because I think it's hard to. And she does have the two friends that she can live with and like she's got a system there. Right. Well, and I, I, I thought that was Houston. Yeah, that was Houston. I'm just saying, no, we were talking about her not. You were leaning away from going to Dallas. Mm. And I was saying in Houston, she did have that system. Right, right, right. She has something to rely sure. on in Houston. And I, I hear that. But it's then. It's known entity. Right. And then whenever she stated that in Dallas, she will be away from her hometown, like Houston's her hometown. Sure. I'm like, yeah. get out of your hometown. That's probably good advice as well. And if you're going to live on your own, I, yeah. I think that that's such a really pivotal experience that I wish more people had the opportunity to, to have. Yeah. Because living on your own, you learn so much about yourself and i think that you can become secure and self-sufficient in a way that other people don't necessarily have the opportunity to yeah yeah i know that i mean the, the thing about that lesson is it is not necessarily a comfortable one like the years i live by no. myself like uh, lots of like not great uplifting times um i guess her boyfriend will be local at that point too so that that'll help with some of that too and Hopefully that all works out, but yeah, no, that, that's a really good point. I think, uh, that is a great experience and something that's really important to your development as an individual. So, wow. Yeah. That was like a, a quick answer. You were, you're on top of that. I'm, you actually turned me around as well. Yeah. You think you're with me? Yeah. 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 I think, I think if you have options anywhere and you really do have that flexibility, you can always go back. It sounds like Houston's always a place you can go to. Um, Hey, Utah's a good place too. We love Utah. Utah's a great, a great state. Like I don't know whenever, where they're at in Utah. Maybe they're in somewhere like not awesome in Utah. Right. Whenever I don't know I saw, anything about it, so I'm not adding any places. Yeah. When I saw the Utah, I was like, yes. <laughs> and then she was like, But no. then she was like, I don't want to go to Utah. And I was like, no. Well, then don't go where you don't want to go. Um, okay. All right. We are going to, this actually isn't an email. Okay. This was a comment in Middle Ground Podcast's Facebook group okay. after last week's episode. And for some context, last week's or Monday's episode, I did on 12 things I wish I could tell younger me. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. And one of the things I talked about is you get out of relationships what you put into them. Yeah. And somebody commented in the group, and I was talking about always be making new friends. Um, You're talking about a friend relationship or any relationship? Uh, what other really? What do you romantic? A uh, friend. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I I imagine that this kind of should go across the board, but I I'm specifically speaking yeah. on friends. Okay, so the comment, she actually had two different parts to this, but the part that I want to bring up on here first is her point one, friends. This is what she wrote. Okay. I have always, even as a child, struggled with making friends who give me the same effort I give them. This has gotten better in recent years, but I find it frustrating to hear, put in the effort you want to get back, which is what I said. Because I have done that for years. I've had a couple people fully abandon me and tell me that they were. Uh, and I've had people end friendships with me for literally no reason at all. I always put in the effort. I have rarely gotten the same effort back. Okay. And she wasn't asking for advice. Um, no. But I... But here's some unsolicited advice. Do what? I said, but here's some unsolicited advice. Well, no. Brace yourself. I wanted to clarify because I thought this was such an interesting dialogue to have. Yeah. And I didn't dive deeper into the episode. I was just like, put in the same effort you want. Ha ha ha. You know, and then I kind (laughs) of went on to the next thing. And when I was reading her comment, I realized that to me, it felt like what I was saying or what I meant to be saying or communicating Uh kind of went over her head. Sure. In or terms of connecting. Right. Well, I don't think I did a yeah. good job communicating. It's not her yeah. fault. Gotcha. No. Yeah. Usually when you say over your head, it's like, oh, they didn't get it. Oh, okay. Well, then that's not the proper term. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, I don't think it went over her head. I think she just, it didn't resonate with her the way you were trying to communicate. It went over her head because <laughs> I threw the ball way over her head. There you go. See, that's how you use the phrase over your head. I like that. You're like, it went over your head. That's because I threw it bad. Yeah. Isn't that... That's what? not at all how what? it gets used. Oh, no. Like usually, like, a joke goes over somebody's head because, like, they didn't get it. Oh. I've been using that wrong all this time. I thought it meant, like, you didn't do a good job. Mm-mm. No. No, that went, like, if that went over your head. Right. I thought that meant, like, whoever was throwing it threw it way over your... I'm seeing exactly where this, like, like, I get your logic and it makes sense. <laughs> like, you're not wrong. Yeah. But it's not how it's used. Okay. I mean, feel free to correct me, well, but I'm I pretty that, sure I'm right on this Okay. One. Well, I think I've used it like that, too, because I'll be like, oh, that went over my head. Yeah. Like, see, that's correct. Right. I, so, but why? Because I don't necessarily think I... Anyway, let's get back to the comment. Sounds like you weren't using we, it right. We can debate this later, because <laughs> I, I don't think I've been doing that. And this is how you know this podcast is not heavily edited, because this will stay in. <laughs> yeah. But what I wanted to further communicate is... When it comes to relationships, you can't be keeping tallies of how much effort you put in or be putting effort in because you're expecting effort back out. And that's not to say that you sure. can't hold people accountable to being good friends. Uh-huh. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it's not it's not a set of scales. You shouldn't it it shouldn't be one for one. Right. And I've had a lot of friends in my life, especially my Enneagram 2 friends. Yep. Who really keep a tally. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's intentional. I think it's, I get it. It's just, it's what's important to them. Right. And the thing is, I, I think when the whole friend thing really took a turn for me and I started making better friends is when I started putting effort into every relationship and every person I met with zero expectation back. Yeah. Truly zero expectation. And then the friendships more develop out of the people that want to put the work back in. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I think that's a really a great way and a great perspective to have on it because, um, it, it means you're putting a unified effort out and then it kind of puts the onus on the other person to say, Hey, like I'm here for you. Uh, I'm, I want to be your friend. This is where I'm at. Um, and if they come back and they want to reciprocate that, then great. You've got a back and forth and a great relationship. And there are exceptions to this. There are always exceptions oh, absolutely, to this. Yeah. And so I'm not saying across the board there are no scenarios. Yeah, you can, I mean, you can have a great friend that's in a bad season. Right. Well, and, and sometimes, I, I mean, that's uh, romantic relationships. That's, that's a place you end up in all the time. Uh, you've got partners in highs and lows. And uh, that 50-50 split is 80-20 or 90-10 or... Um, 1090 the other way. And it just, that's going to go back and forth. But if you're talking about just launching and building relationships, yeah, that's a great place to start. I also feel like whenever you're putting a unified, like amount of effort across the board, Uh it's really easy to quickly see the people in your life who are willing to go the extra mile for you and the friends who aren't. Yeah. And it's made my list, like how I prioritize the people in my life a lot mm-hmm. easier. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you're just kind of giving a, you're trying to be as genuine as possible. And that is kind of a default mode for you as well as you're, you're very much an outgoing people kind of person. So that mm-hmm. may not be what it looks like for everybody, but if you're making that effort and, and being a, a genuine version of yourself and, and making those connections, I think that's a, well, And you know, I used to really struggle with friends. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Matt's been around for 13 years now and uh, he's watched me really (laughs) struggle with friends. You're not going to believe this guys, but she used to come on very strong. (laughs) She would be like, I'm going to make you my friend. Yeah. And you're going to like it. And they, they didn't like it. No, no. Very few people enjoyed that energy. No, no one liked it. <laughs> no one liked it. No yeah. one wanted to be my friend. Honestly, most people really just disliked me. That's, that seems harsh, but it isn't totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's like harsh, but true. <laughs> oh, it's a time of me. growth for you. What? Matt liked me. Yeah. But not enough. And you to... really tried to make me like you and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, I, and so the reason I say all of that with Matt here is I feel like a lot of people probably listen to me talk where I am now when I have this really secure group of friends that I love and trust. Absolutely. And they're like, well, what does she know? She has this group of friends she loves and trusts. She's been terrible at friends for years. Yeah, it took her for a, a long time to get secure enough to build those friendships. Yeah. And a lot of it was your own security. It was like, I mean, that's a huge part of it. Well, and I think that's the root of most. I, I, 
Yeah. Mm, there are exceptions to everything, so don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. Like, maybe someone yeah, listening... No, no advice we give here is universal. You, yes. There are exceptions. But I'm going to go with 99% of the time, if you're having, like, troubles across the board with the relationships, you're probably struggling with some kind of insecurity issue. Sure. Yeah. In and, most circumstances. And I think what is universal is that if you do get more secure, it will improve most situations you're in. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even, probably all situations, if you can just be more secure in yourself. So just flip that switch and be more secure and yeah. you've got Figure it. Figure it out. Toughen it up. <laughs> Let's move on to the next question. It's going to be the same answer. Well, and you know, no. for me, it took years to feel more secure with myself. I mean, I really had a hard time. You, however... At least to, <laughs> from my perspective, have always been really secure. Um, if I haven't been secure, I knew that that's what I was supposed to be and I faked it. Okay. Um, you know, the, the key to confidence is that nobody knows if it's real or not. And uh, if I faked confidence, nobody knew if it was or was not real. Well, um, I, I've always taken, for me, that's taken a picture in, um, I learned right out of school pretty early that everybody's making it up. Like nobody knows exactly what they should be doing all the time. Like in, in your career, in life, like everyone is just trying to make it and just floating along. And like, there are no rules. And every bit of advice you hear is coming from the perspective of the person giving it. Yeah. Just that one, that one single point of perspective, their one experience. And so while that might be helpful, like me saying, I think most people, if they were more secure, yeah. well, that comes from very much my experiences. Yeah. Because the root of the majority of my problems was insecurity. Yeah. That's At least fair. the majority of my social problems. Mm-hmm. But I always really envied you, Matt, because even now still, and this is a big difference in our personalities that sure. I really admire about you. Is your ability to not get caught up in what other people have to say or what they think? Yeah. Again, some of that is going to be my own self-rationalization. Some of my own just like that's what I have to talk to myself and tell myself and that's what makes me feel better. But yeah, that that is one of the few strong life lessons that I've I've developed over time is just I'm only in control of my experience and that that's something that personally brings me comfort um I can only control what I'm in control of and that's me and beyond that it's kind of out of my hands and for some people that makes them feel like they're out of control and they try and grab that control back and for me I go all right hands off the wheel um I've I've done what I've can do and I think I've done a good job and hopefully that works out and so that what's what's funny is that's kind of that attitude ends up with people thinking that you're really lucky or this super duper laid-back person and like that's not totally my personality but um, it is kind of how it presents and I I try to let things come to me because I'm not in control of when they do come 
Well, and, and that is an interesting distinction because I feel like the outside world views you as very laid back, go with the flow, doesn't care about anything. <laughs> and they view me as very structured type A, yeah. uh, rigid. For sure. And it couldn't be more. No, I'm, a, I'm an incredibly rigid person, like in my own day-to-day, like how I want my world structured. I, I mean, I'm I'm structured on like a, a brain chemical level like that it's just who i am and i don't care about anything <laughs> no you float along you really do like i, I really don't care about anything <laughs> for the most part except yeah. for my character mm-hmm. but people think i am just like yeah i just did a motion like people could see me yeah this is a visual medium okay <laughs> audio medium same thing okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) no um that is funny that that does get projected onto you and i again this is part of just me knowing that kind of a fake it till you make it mentality and knowing that that's not even though i am very rigid i'm not in control yeah so i just gotta do what i gotta do yeah all right, last. I feel like that question really got away from us. I don't know. It wasn't a question. Oh, that's right. That was unsolicited advice. Yeah. <laughs> it was just me kind of, well, I just read that comment in yeah. our group and I thought to myself, I would like to expand on this for everyone that listens. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know that it was useful or if people will hear it and it will just sound more of a continuation of, you know, and that's Some fine if it does. Like, wow. They talked about that for like eight straight minutes. I'm yeah. gonna just go ahead and skip that. Big facts. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Okay. And then the last thing that I wanted to ask you is what are the top three things? Three. Three. That you would tell your younger self now. Oh man. Um top three things I would tell my younger self. I know I put you on the I, spot. Again, but you've got this. the advice that everyone's making it up, that is advice the younger me needed to hear. It eventually did hear it, but like that was that was a really pivotal point when I was 22, 23. It's just going through that step and going, wow, nobody else has it figured out. I'm working with people who are 50. They're making it up. Um, your parents, like your, your parents were just people who had kids. And then they were like. Kids who had kids. Kid, I mean, yeah, if they were young kids who had their kids. It, I mean, my parents were a little bit older. Actually, my mom was, my mom was younger. And my dad was older. But they weren't that different in age from you, and you no, feel absolutely. like a kid. Yeah, I'm I'm a child, just a, a wee baby boy, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, your parents like my my parents especially like just they were just trying to figure it out. They they didn't know all the answers. Nobody has all the answers, and so they just did the best that they could. And I I truly believe my parents did the very best that they could. They loved the hell out of us, and uh, grateful for that. Um, advice to really value the people in your life. And this is honestly, I'm kind of touching on stuff that we've talked about already, like material things and career and that stuff had a lot more importance to me when I was 22, 23. And it didn't, it actually, when it happened is when we broke up, uh, I'd kind of always leaned on you for that social connection and, uh, you know, connecting and relating with people and my friendships, not, not that I didn't participate in them, but I, I, I know I didn't value them as much as I could have and should have. 
And then when we broke up and I realized, wow, I really need to value the relationship I have with my parents, value the relationship I have with my family. Uh, beyond that, really invest in my friends, trust them, invest in them, and uh, they'll invest back in me. And that was really, really important. Just reprioritizing, really value the people in your life. Um, things and stuff is replaceable, but people really aren't. And uh, really, really appreciate them. I think I'm just hammering this one into the ground, but it it was it was pivotal for me. It really, really was. Um, value relationships. Hmm. Last one. Can you do it? Ah, you yeah, honestly did really well with the first two, just off the top of the dome. Yeah, I I feel pretty good about winging those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, younger me needed to learn how to study. I don't know if that, that feels so trite compared to the other two. Um, that's okay. Yeah. I, one of mine was drink more water. Oh yeah. I mean, participate more in your health. That's a great, great answer for younger you. Uh, the, the less you get out of shape, the the less you have to get back into well shape. and like the longer time goes on, you are always like, Oh, I have time to do that later, but it uh-huh. gets harder. And like the habits, the habits get worse and all of a sudden the hill becomes high, like higher to climb and it, you really dig yourself a hole. And it, It's not going to get any easier. No, 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 no. It doesn't get easier and just the, the feelings get more complicated and it's it's not great. So that, that was good advice. Again, for me, it was learning how to study. I, it took me two and a half years of college. I kind of floated through high school and got out of there and coasted and then tried to coast through college for two years and um you did well did but like I didn't you know wasn't crushing it uh basically ended up on academic probation and had to uh, learn how to study so that I could keep my scholarship so um yeah just take the time to study really and I think what that really was is valuing an education valuing um the the privilege that it was at 18, I was not responsible enough to go to college. And uh, I'd have been better off going into the workforce for two years. And then really appreciating what it meant to go to school and, and get an education. I think that's pretty common, especially with guys, is that you, <laughs> you're you not quite mature enough to really handle all that freedom and handle all that uh, responsibility. Working yeah. and making some money would have been a lot better for me. Yeah. I think that's good. Cool. You're cool. You're cool. Aw, thanks. <laughs> well, on that note, that's going to be our advice episode. And again, if you were hoping for Caroline, uh, hopefully I didn't let you down. Yeah. I miss Caroline. She's great. I haven't seen her in like a week. Yeah. Bums me out when we have ice and I don't get to see her. We've had a lot of weird weather. That's We've just had kind a of lot of weird weather. Intersected with your It's given. Time. It's put me in a funk. <laughs> a not enough Caroline time funk. Yeah. So you can email us hello at middlegroundpodcast.co. We do a bonus episode every single month at the end of the month answering emails and questions. So just go ahead and submit that. Uh, you can join our Facebook page, Middle Ground Podcast. And we discuss in there each week's episode and other people that listen. Make grab a comment out of there and just unsolicitedly advise it. Yeah, might just grab a comment. Uh, And uh, 
You can follow me on Instagram at Joe Johnson Overby and TikTok and all the places. And you can follow Matt. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Matt.Overby. Or on? <laughs> on TikTok. Uh, I don't produce a lot of TikTok content. So don't worry about following him there, I guess. But if you want to, there are people who do. It's uh, at Mr. Joe Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I did not name. Every time no, you say I named that, that. I people thought it was are funny. like, did you make him do that? <laughs> like, no. I, I, I thought it was way better than like user 223107994 or whatever. But you could go with like Matt.Overby. Matt. Oh, I could go like Matt.Overby, but that seems lame. Yeah, I feel that. Okay. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're out of here. All Love right. you guys. Have Thanks. a great week. Bye. <laughs>